0: Hi everyone, listening to these podcasts may bring up some strong emotions for you. Please allow yourself to find a comfortable space and reasonable time afterwards for nurturing and self-care. Thanks for listening. Hey,
1: welcome back.
0: Hi again, Jerry. It's really good to be back here again.
1: Yeah, that was a great, um, that was a massive chat we had last night. I went way on.
0: Yes, it did. I was quite surprised when you told me how long we've been talking. I couldn't believe it.
1: I checked the clock at like 29 minutes, I think, and and thought, oh, yeah, we'll start winding up. And we ran out to like 40 something. (laughs) Um, So much to, but I think, you know, one of the great things that I found in, in starting to do these podcasts with you, Jan, like from the outset, episode one, and like we're on 19 now. Isn't that amazing? You've done 19 podcasts yet. (laughs) And you've done (laughs) two. I just press a button. (laughs) Um, But is that there is, these conversations are so rare and yet they shouldn't be. Mm. Having, as you say, difficult conversations with kids, but more than that, having, and I I don't like to use the word difficult, Mm. but rare, perhaps, mm. strong, deep, connecting conversations. Um, I gave a talk a couple of weeks ago to a men's group um, in one of the local councils. It's such a wonderful program that the, the council facilitator come up with this idea, get a bunch of men together in their in their council area. Uh, we'll go and play a few rounds of mini golf, um, have some snacks and talk about men's stuff. Um and it's such a great program and and they're actually going to be sort of doing this on a monthly basis, on a more regular basis. So I got to talk about my journey and, and men's behavioural change and mental and emotional health and things. And three of the guys afterwards came up to me and said, we've been friends for many years, like over 10 years, and we have never had that conversation about how you're going. We paid lip service to it, but we literally just, go down the pub and we talk about sport and talk about fishing and talk about work. No one actually says, mate, I'm going hard at the moment. I need some help. And our wives are forever, you know, he said their wives are forever um, berating them about it. It's like you guys don't talk about anything. And we're like, yeah, we do. We always talk about stuff. But we never spoke about anything until that night. And that night was the first time after we had our chat, after I spoke with them. They went off and they actually checked in with each other Wow. And they found things out about each other that they'd never known in, in 10, 12 years. Yeah. And so to say that, yeah, it's rare to have these amazing conversations where we're really talking about what's making us tick in the right or the wrong direction. Mm. Um, wonderful. So that's why they go on so much, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully people will listen to these and, and, um, yeah, go and have conversations, real conversations with people.
0: Real conversations, that's exactly right. Um, difficult conversations can be the word for children. However, I do, I, I really do get what you're saying about rare conversations around what adults might talk about. It, it can be rare, mm-hmm. and especially with men.
1: Oh, so much. And, and I think that's, we, we hearkened on it in, in part one, um, was about how we. It, it's not embarrassing. It's uncomfortable. There's an uncomfortableness about someone sharing openly mm. about real stuff, and mm. and along with the real feelings of that. That's right, and w- and that probably comes from as we're, you know, as we're brought up, as children, mm. those feelings are hurried out the door. We're not allowed to have them.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it 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 hurts me when I hear boys told to get over it and not be a girl, stop being a sissy Mm. if they're hurt.
1: That's such a classic cultural response, isn't it? Yes. Crying like a girl.
0: Yeah. And I just feel for those little boys Mm. because they're only little boys and they need to know that their feeling and their emotion and their pain and their emotional reactions just like a girl or doesn't mm. matter a boy or a girl
1: crying like a human being
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're <a> little human
1: <laughs> <laughs> little humans yeah absolutely and i think one of the um, one of the things that that i saw a lot of um, was men um, not knowing much more than anger as a feeling but there's so much underneath that hey that hasn't been processed. Mm.
0: Well, I'll use that statement again. The level of the anger is the level of the pain. Mm. And that's why we often counsel will often draw the iceberg, you know, to or the uh, because the iceberg if, when drawn, the behavior is you it's like the relation is there, the behavior is the tip like the tip of the iceberg, what you can what you can see. Uh, then underneath in the middle you've got the feelings. And then way, way, way down the bottom you've got the needs that are actually so not even known for some people or they don't even know that they could even have them mm. and or are allowed to have them. They, they don't even feel as though they've got permission to have needs. Often it can be a case of just looking after everybody else.
1: You mentioned that in one of your earlier podcasts, hey, about how especially young women are brought up or young girls brought up to really think that their needs are not important. It's like everybody else's needs come first and then if there's anything left, look after your own, but really everyone else is to come first. Well,
0: it's selfish. Mm -hmm. Often I've heard that so often in the counselling room. I think it's, I don't know whether it's getting better. I definitely know it as far as. Old people are concerned. It was ingrained in them. It was ingrained, absolutely, that you didn't think of yourself. And some women didn't even know what I was talking about if I said, what do you need? Right. If I drew the iceberg and because their behaviours, they, they might have some really outbursts or they can, you know, be hurting themselves or whatever. Um and then when you look you just draw the, the iceberg and just say this is the tip of the iceberg, this is what you can see. so tell me about your behaviors. Then we look at the feelings that they have, which is can be f- confusion, sadness, hurt, frustration, anger, guilt, uh, anxiety, depression. And then when we go down and what are you what are, what are your needs? What do you mean what, what are my needs? Well you've got the, you've got feelings you, you you've have needs. And then they say, I don't know what you mean. Well, it can be, for example, when you, once they start, it's really interesting because then they, when you say, well, is that something that you maybe are not able to talk about? Maybe that's the need that you've got inside you. Oh, yes, I've got those. And then, wow. well, what what is it that you feel you absolutely would like? What, what do you need? I need somebody to really show me they love me. I need to be able to talk to openly about um, what's happening for me. I need, I need, uh, people to sort of, I need to be able to find more friends. I feel lonely. Mm. I need, I need a hug, Mm. you know? And so when I do it, I do it on the whiteboard and I write all these down. And of course, then they're looking at the whiteboard with all their needs, which is squashed down the bottom and their feelings are in the middle, sitting on top of that. And then, then we're writing what their behaviours like because they've told me that you know they they get get angry and they shout or whatever, and then they get to see that that they're, they're not able to express how they really feel or what they what they're really
1: needing. That's that must be huge for someone to see that written out for the first time.
0: Oh, but did it last week and it was overwhelming. Wow, <laughs> was that in a couples?
1: Um, messages, yes. That must have been amazing to mm. share that. Mm. Yeah.
0: And it was a great, incredible
1: situation, incredible. Wow. So one one of the couples was sharing that and their both. partner. I will say they were each both sharing that. Yeah. And was that a revelation to the other person?
0: Yeah. Wow. And it's just wonderful when that happens because it allows them to see that those feelings are genuine and real, and why? Why wouldn't you have those feelings? Mm. Normalize them, and just allow them to know. Well, of course, if you've got all this going on, well, these are the feelings that are going to be attached to it, and then they're going to have these outbursts. Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's what people can see, but this is what's really underneath it.
1: So that angry outburst, right at the top, mm. that's the. That's really all that people see. They just that, see yeah. this angry person being angry. Yeah. But underneath there is some really, really valid stuff that has never ever been addressed,
0: because it's squashed way down the bottom. Wow, it's 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 absolutely amazing to see some um, people's reactions to that exercise, to understand that this is a real. This is real for them, and this is where it's it's interesting for parents to know if they're going to have squashed needs and these feelings, how are they meant to know how to adequately support a child with their feelings? <laughs> so then it becomes that's, that's the patterning.
1: Absolutely. I, was, I, was, I mean, I was laughing there because it's like, oh, my goodness, that's like so obvious when you look at it, when you say it like that. Mm. That is so obvious. If you're doing that to yourself, mm. how can you hope to not pass that on to your child?
0: Because mm. they, they don't know any different that people don't know because they've never known that they could express what what's a need.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is a need, and how many people know what they need themselves? And um, as you know, um, we we shared listening to a Jordan Peterson podcast last week, and one of the great it actually made me laugh out loud when I was driving when uh, Doctor Peterson said something about like you know we. It, we expect our partners to mind read us as to what we want in a relationship when we don't even know ourselves what we want in a relationship. How can we expect the other person to? It's Absolutely. Like, oh my goodness, that's so true. Yes. Like, how often do we delve in there and go, "What do I want in day to day?"
0: Yeah, because we weren't given that opportunity often. You mm-hmm. know? I had one lady one years ago. I do I do it in um, my groups that, that I've run too. I did, uh, this lady was quite, um, got a, quit, a bit upset because <laughs> I even asked her what her needs were to look at. You have to think about other people. You don't have needs.
1: Oh, that was her response. Mm. Wow. How old was she?
0: Oh, she would have been in her 40s. Wow. Mm, and struggling to find out who she really was. But it was beautiful when we unpacked it. And just allowed her to know that she could give herself, it took a while, but now allow, allowed us to know that she could give herself permission to look at
1: what she actually needed. Yeah, so where do you start with that? Like where do you start? Because obviously there's a lot of, I mean, the, that anger is not directed at you, it's just coming out because of all these things that are crushed down. It, does that anger need to ex, be expressed at someone, something, or can it be diffused and not expressed? Or is I, it is is it right to express it? Like, is it is it,
0: it anger is not a bad thing. Hmm. This is what really um, anger's an emotion it's a, it's a, it's it's an out, it's a feeling it's a, it's yes it's an outburst it's how it's done and because if it's not expressed then once again where does it go it, it, it gets pushed down and pushed down if you told you, well, you it's, a lot of women are told that yeah you know, well that a lot of women feel as so though they can, they shouldn't be angry, for example. Uh, however, anger is just a natural, normal reaction to the pain you're feeling, and it's about how you're going to allow yourself to do it appropriately.
1: So that you said something that I wanted to reiterate there. that um, it's how you express it. Anger is not a not a bad you know if we're going to label it it's not a bad thing no it's how you express it mm. and you can express it in a healthy way yes so what would that look like like
0: well i think it's about acknowledging it cuz if if you're not if you're not acknowledging it cuz once again we do it like another way the drawing of the anger volcano because when when uh, if our feelings were all pushed down you know that confusion anxiety frustration depression hurt guilt whatever it is Underneath, we just, which we do when, when we're drawing it, and and then we've got this angry outburst, then um, and then we're pouring it. Sometimes we'll pour it out on, on everybody else, and that's because we've blocked those feelings for so long. We're constantly blocking them and constantly blocking them. However, and, and that can be by um, people can use work, be working real hard. They might use gambling, alcohol. Um, video and that's games.
1: The, cap of the volcano, hey. That's yeah, what that's doing.
0: what. And then, so they'll do that. They'll be doing this to stop, to keep everything, the feelings down. Then when they can't do it anymore, the, the volcano erupts. So um, it's more about knowing that you're blocking your feelings, you're pushing them down. What do I need to do with the feelings I've got? And often people will, um, when they're really angry, they. Um, If they can't take it home, if they know that they can't take it home for whatever reason or, you know, can't express it at home or whatever, um, it'll be road rage. Mm. They'll be taken out on a shopkeeper, (laughs) you know. All sorts of things can happen. However, if if you can understand that those feelings are real and then you start to want to express them, write them in a journal, whatever it is, talk to somebody then you, I'm starting to feel really angry. I'm starting to feel my, my blood is boiling, as the old saying. Mm, my blood's yeah. boiling. Um, I'm just needing to settle down for a moment. I just need to breathe. I just need to ground myself. I need to feel firmly on the ground. I know I'm heading into that place. Mm,
1: mm. One of the revolutionary, for me, it was a revolutionary redirection of anger, pain, was the first time that I didn't even have the wherewithal to call time out in an argument um, and literally ran out of the house and pounded the ground with my fists. Mm. Just, But that was probably one of the first times that I'd let that old toxic anger out, not directed at a person. Mm. And all of a sudden... There was a there was a slight shift there that was that person's not responsible for what you're feeling mm. because they weren't in front of me, and that then it was almost like well okay there's all this stuff in there that person's not responsible but they keep picking the top off my volcano um, <laughs> for want of a better metaphor or you know not on purpose but by being in relationship with that person. These situations are literally unplugging every so often, but then if I take that anger and put it over there, out in the back paddock, it's actually, it's only finite. Like it's not an infinite store of pus. I mean, let's—if we're talking metaphors, it's like taking the head off a spot yep. and squeezing and squeezing. Eventually, all the stuff will come out. But you don't want to squeeze it on somebody, or you squeeze it out. You know, <laughs> where this metaphor is going? Um, but it was it was almost a it was a such a revolutionary thing in my head that it's like okay that person's not responsible for all of that stuff that's in yeah. there, but yeah. if I, but because I'd kept unloading that stuff onto them for years, it's like my brain had made them responsible for that, mm. and that's what um you know tr taking responsibility with relationships Australia really helped me see that that's my thing to process mm. and gave me a safe way to do that or, or showed me that there is a safe way to do that. Mm. And I think that, I think a lot of people are afraid of their own anger.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because a lot of people don't, don't want to have those feelings because it's draining, it's exhausting.
1: But we carry it for yes. so long.
0: and. No, and it can actually wear you out to feel extremely angry. And no, people don't want Mm. it. I never wanted it. Mm. When I I used to, as I've spoken about in another podcast, I used to get that pain in my chest when I felt angry and I I felt it wasn't me, it just was not feel right and I knew I was never comfortable with Mm. anger. Uh, I wanted to find other ways to express how I was feeling
1: But that is so. Anger is a top level kind of thing, isn't it? It's always masking something that you're feeling.
0: Yeah, it's painful. It's pain. Mm. It's masking a terrible pain Mm. at times. And but some people are going through so much, and you know we are all human. We go through so much at times, and it's about just acknowledging that and being kind to yourself first. Just acknowledging yourself and knowing that's why I always. Do when I doing my grief counselling, it's always about you know letting people know that they're overwhelmed and then they might be in a very stuck place for now, and it's horrible, and the feelings can be horrible. However, it is for now, and it can be really beneficial if you allow yourself to acknowledge it, and just perhaps make a little mantra up. I know I'm I'm stuck. I know it's for for now, and I'm okay can actually sometimes help people through that,
1: mm, that terrible... Now. So
0: they can know that their feelings are okay to have. Mm. Don't forget because their needs are squashed right mm. down the bottom and they're not... They're, what they're wanting, sometimes they're out of life, out of their partners, out of their children, um, what do they want, you know, there they can be all sorts of things that are going on in their life. Because, we, you know, it's difficult. Mm. Life is not... Sometimes a smooth road for people. Mm. It's not. It's bumpy.
1: But we take it out on other people, don't we? Yeah. Rather than accept that it's bumpy and this is how we're yeah. feeling.
0: So that's dump right. Dump it out on someone else. It's just dumping, and um, sometimes if it's if it's a toxic way of doing it, it'll be a continual way mm. if it's toxic.
1: So dumping, if if I can offer like dumping, is never going to use up. That anger, it's never going to get it out and then it'll not be there. It'll just kind of feed back and keep feeding back because it's not actually being processed out. It's just being dumped in a pile on on people around you. Mm. Whereas a healthy processing of anger will actually in time use that up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, with it, with understanding, with with knowing.
1: So how do we do that? What does that look like? Like how do we do that? How do we process anger in a healthy, safe way?
0: Well, I think it, if it was, if it's, if I would like to sort of look at it from the perspective that if there's really pressing issues going on in a person's life, they do perhaps need to talk them through. It could be a, a, a relationship issue. There could be feelings so that they're going, you know, there are going to be a relationship breakup. It could be kids that needing, you're not, you know, having issues. There can be health issues. So it's about knowing that you can get the support to talk to somebody about it. This is this is creating all sorts of anger, feelings of anger. To it, to it. I just can't cope. I'm just not coping, and I don't like the way I feel. So it could be about talking to somebody. Um, it could be checking in with the doctor. It could be making sure that you're okay, yeah, because some it could be women that are going through hormonal issues, so that's not helping either. So, it's about really knowing that you have the right to check in with yourself around your, your health, your well-being, what you're feeling, as though you, you're needing if you need to talk to somebody. Um, that sort of thing can can be a good way of working through. Um, that is for somebody that wants to work through their anger.
1: That's a that's a. A key point there, yeah. I think, that is for someone that wants to work mm. through their anger. And
0: then if that's if that's the case, then there's, there's things, places people can go, what you can do. If a person's using anger because they can't take responsibility and they want to blame, then that's not going to stop easily mm. because they like the feeling because anybody that's using anger Because they won't take responsibility and want to blame, they believe they're entitled to do that. And so, therefore, they have to blame somebody else. And in my experience, over all the years, I've done a lot of power, like a a lot of work in domestic violence. Uh, In my experience, um, it is that power over that they want to keep. And they, because, and what I've found is that men in particular, women do it too, I'm not saying, but men and women, uh, will um, actually be quite depressed people, insecure, and this is the way that they can feel better. They'll often be people that are very uh, liked on the outside world and only use their power over somebody in a relationship it can work that way.
1: So it sounds, um, I'm going to get a little bit esoteric, um, George Lucas when he made Star Wars, um, he his concept of the light side and the dark side of the force, that the light side is, you know, the force of good and it's it's kind of quiet and gentle and unassuming whereas the dark side, Darth Vader, it's... <laughs> loud and anger it's like you know he's always saying that's good feel your anger Luke feel your anger get in touch with your feelings but in the real world that's still that's also borne out like anger feels very very powerful Mm. but it's not it has no um no positive lifespan there's it's not um it doesn't keep on in a healthy way, it doesn't heal things, it doesn't fix things, it doesn't mend things, it doesn't help things, but it feels very, very powerful. Mm. Whereas healthily processed anger processed out and like the good side of the force um, is actually very, very strong and and is a very solid foundation and Mm. is very healing. Mm. Um, I really think he was when, you know, when George Lucas made Star Wars and came up with this concept of the dark side of the Force being anger, was really tapping into that. It's like it feels very, very powerful, like you can win anything. That's right. But it's very destructive personally because, you know, Darth Vader ends up and, well, I'm sure everyone's seen Star Wars and I didn't want to spoil it for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows how that finishes. Um but just in case, there's one person that hasn't seen Star Wars. I would spoil it. Um, but yeah, the dark side of the Force is very destructive, both internally and externally.
0: Mm. That's so true. And and you know, somebody that uses power over somebody cannot fa- that cannot face being wrong because mm. they have to blame. So they can never be wrong. Mm. So that's the power over. Don't doesn't possibly doesn't want to lose that power,
1: so and it will is continue. That why they hang on to, as people, it's more comfortable and secure to hang on to.
0: And that. once again, we've got to remember the body remembers, and their body is t- tuned to the anger and to knowing that this is how they need to. F- the body will know that this is how it needs to be, mm. and for them to to try to become more responsible. For-
1: it's it's a very different feeling. I must, like, I still remember to, I can still remember the feeling and there's still times, unless I'm really conscious about it, when I'm more happy to sit in resentment than forgiveness and understanding and, and a calmer place. It's more comfortable to sit in the dark side of the force than it is to sit in the light side of the force because my body remembers because, goodness, I lived in that for so much many more years than I've lived in the light side of the force. And it's like, remember that Jerry? It's nice and comfortable, isn't it? It's strong, powerful. <laughs> Pulling you <it> back. <laughs> it does. It's almost like it that. Does. It's like, oh my God, I'm sitting in sitting in the poor mees and the resentments and the angers <laughs> yeah. because it's bloody comfortable.
0: Yeah. That's it's right. like an
1: old couch.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why people do it. That's yeah. why they will gravitate back. Mm. So
1: it's yeah. very powerful. The lure of the dark side of the force. <laughs> I think my um motorcycle um Instructor, he he was talking about, um, and I did a little bit of research afterwards, uh, internal res- internal responsibility and external responsibility uh, with relation to car accidents about how uh, as a motorcycle rider you need to be more, resp- more self-responsible mm. um, because everyone else has got a big steel cage around them and motorcycle riders don't. And he said the biggest gift you can give yourself is to be internally responsible for an incident so let's say a car pulls out on you your instinct may be to go he just pulled out on me but you're not going to learn anything from that but as a motorcycle rider you can learn by going i was the one in the wrong i should have been more aware i should have given him some buffer zone i should have slowed down i should have had my hands on the brakes i should have watched that entry and then you've taught yourself a lesson and i thought wow you could actually in every aspect of life you could apply that internal responsibility being so much more giving to yourself than external rather than looking at everybody else's fault whatever it may be let's look at what was my part of that yep hmm so do you think as a child we back to where we were talking about children and expressing feelings when a child wants when a child is angry Obviously, when a baby's angry, it's kind of, you can't reason with them. But do you think we don't allow children to express their feelings? And especially, you know, we love children expressing happy feelings and grateful (laughs) feelings. (laughs) We don't shut those down. (laughs) No. Um, Because we don't want to... In inverted commas, deal with those feelings when they're expressing sadness, anger, frustration. We want to shut them down because we don't want them. We don't want that reflection because we don't know how to deal with our own feelings around that.
0: Mm, it can be that way. It can definitely be that way, and uh, it can also be around not knowing what to do with the child because they, they, or if, if you, if you're not sure if there's no. W- w- Soothing that's been gone on in the in the like the raising the child if you haven't if they haven't you haven't sort of worked out a way to soothe the child or the child knows how to soothe itself then it can make make it very difficult and the parent can become agitated mm. by the child's feelings
1: because the parent doesn't know how to soothe themselves no they don't know
0: how to soothe themselves so um, they get quite agitated around that because there's nothing being sort of taught from an early age mm. so that's why i say it's so good to be able to get it very very early be able to sort of do this sort of work very very early with your child so that they get to know self-soothing mm-hmm. methods and the parent needs to know what the child needs to do it, it sounds like
1: the parent actually needs to go back to school as well because really, like, as, a, as yeah. a parent, I was never taught that stuff at all. No.
0: And that's why there's beautiful Triple P programs for the, you know, the little ones, all that. That's why there's, there's quite a lot of really good parenting programs out there mm. that parents can actually uh, go in and do a course on because parents don't know. Mm. And they come away and they just go, um, you know, wow, that was just amazing you know, I learned about the circle of security. I learned all about all these wonderful things that I can do with my child, and I get to understand why they're doing this and how they're being, you know, and all that.
1: Oh, wow! So, what age, what age child is are those goals relevant for? Oh,
0: the, they. You, this is all about the parenting, so yep. it's only for, for the parents.
1: But what? Oh, uh, so, at, at what young, age?
0: From young ages. Oh, right. So, so like three, young, four years yeah, old. Oh, yeah, younger. Oh, and, fantastic! Yeah, so, so that they can get to. And build those skills as parents with their child mm. from from early, so that they can actually um, know that you know that, that how to soothe the child, how the, and to, to well to to teach self soothing as well.
1: Because mm. really, as adults, we're not taught that. No, we, really,
0: <laughs> no, we that wasn't you know it, parents didn't. There wasn't a lot of that around anyway, mm. you know, when the kids were young. this is These are the things that have been going around now for, for quite a number of years. But a lot of parents do know about them because they go to play groups and things like that and they hear about um, parenting programs that they think they might be interested in. And a lot of the neighbourhood centres run them, you know, and the women's health centres run them. Yeah, right. And so they're really, really good programs for parents. And then they've got pr- programs for pa- for children, um You know, from about five upwards, Mm. I'm really just so I'm just a little bit out of touch with the ages Mm. for the different Mm. groups. But you get different um, groups, um, different age, different parenting groups for different ages of the children.
1: Yeah, so it it really sounds like parents needing to go back, not to go back to school, but parenting parents learning those skills that will. Help their children deal with their emotional stuff yes, through life. It's wonderful, and which, as you say, which is which is super important.
0: Absolutely, it's just so good, and uh, to, to avail themselves of that, I think they usually run for about six weeks or something. They're really in- intense, really good courses.
1: And for parents, so it it sounds like having having the fortitude and the skills to have those. In inverted commas, difficult conversations, but let's call them rare, mm. truthful, valuable conversations with our children is such a massive stepping stone for them.
0: Mm. And the benefits of all of this is that the parent gets to understand the child on a different level. Mm. It's a bit like the love langu- languages, mm. you can have those love languages. working with the child as well and um, the benefits of that is that they they, they get to understand and know their child better and then the child has so much more trust in being able to share with that parent or significant caregiver in their life.
1: And is it like let's say there's people listening and they've got like you 11-, 12-year-olds that they've really done none of this with, they've not been conscious at all about, oh, my goodness, you know, I need to have these conversations. Is it too late at 12, 13, 14, 15 to no, start or...? No,
0: not at all. No, no. And it, it, it's more about getting to understand and, and start to know, um, maybe get some guidance mm. around how you can talk to the child. They might need to to get some assistance with mm. maybe somebody that um, does work with children and just be able to know and often the, the parent will, be, will come in before you see a child anyway and then um, this, they will get they'll get some skills from that person, the counsellor, and they will get some skills, and that can be sometimes enough uh, in itself just to have the parent come in rather than the child, and then the, ch- the parent can go home and, and just practice that with, with the child around just a different way of communication and whatever it is, and if that needs the actual child to come in, well then that can happen as well. Mm.
1: That sounds awesome, Jan, such, again, life-changing words from you that really (laughs) I just want to push them out to the world, you know, because what you say has so much strength and so much goodness in it to make positive change. Thanks, Jerry. It's awesome. Thank you very much. And we've got so much more to talk about next week as (laughs) well. After It's just that every time we talk it's like, oh, we need to talk about that. You mentioned love languages, and I think that would be a really awesome thing to talk about. Um, as well because I think there's a lot of miscommunication I know one of your podcasts recently was about communication and clear communication, how to have clear communication and I think that's the cause of so many difficulties and friction points in a relationship I think it'd be great to talk about and
0: just getting to know your child's love languages and knowing your own and help so much yeah,
1: absolutely <laughs> awesome, thanks Jan alright, thanks Jerry nice to talk to you thank all. you